action. Welcome to Porch Club Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today we have a guest with us, Mason. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So this is a fun episode because I actually have no idea who Mason is. <laughs> yeah, so this, is, this is an interview. Yeah, it is. And you are the first guest on the show that I don't personally know. So rather than going into an introduction where I talk about how we know each other, because that would be very brief, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so my name is Mason Aximit. Uh I am an actor, a screenwriter, author, filmmaker, uh, do a few different things. Um, as I've gotten older, I've been reducing the amount of things and trying to focus on specific things. Like the film industry as a whole is something that you kind of just need to know everything. Like you need to know how to shoot things. You need to know how to edit. You need to know how to, I mean, run sound, but I can't run sound. It's, uh, it's, there's a whole process with a lot of moving parts, but I've been getting really, really into writing. And, uh, I also coach people on how to test out of their bachelor's degree, but that's a, a, a whole different thing. Um, I got my bachelor's when I was 19, uh, for about 10 grand. And then, uh, so I got my whole degree in a year and four months and used tests like AP tests kind of things to test out of it. So coach people on that. I do a few different things, but mostly just try to further knowledge and help spread positive messages. Wow. Okay. I right, love I, that. A lot. I, Jack of all trades. I'm trying to reduce that. Master of none. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Just like really average at most things, but I don't know. It's hard to pick one thing. Like I don't know about you, but I feel like I get really heated and passionate about so many different things and I'll start a new well, as, as an artist too, like I'm super ADHD, so I'll work on a project for 15 minutes and then like lose my energy for it and then jump to a different project. Yeah. And so I'm working like nine projects at once and then it's too much. I need to focus in on one thing. <laughs> I feel that. I don't have an ADHD diagnosis, but I'm like building a case that I have ADHD and very similar. Do you do, you do art? Yep. <laughs> then you're ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> That or OCD, it's one or the other. It's never, it's never both. Okay. Well, sometimes it's both. <laughs> okay, fair. It's definitely, it's a hundred percent not OCD. So I feel like it is okay. ADHD. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, that's a really cool background that you test. You help people test out of college degrees. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah, there there's tests that a lot of colleges don't tell people about. Um, they're all multiple choice, and if you get a seventy percent on them, you pass. Mm -hmm. And there's multiple sites um, that created uh, they were created by like billionaire philanthropists who they hired college professors to teach their college course, so you can watch the college course online with videos for free, and then go take that test. If you get a seventy percent or higher, you pass, and it works as a pass fail. Mm -hmm. So they can just send you send the credit to the college that you're going to test out of the degree. It worked like an AP test kind of deal. But wow. when I did it, I used that to test out of 78 credit hours out of 120. Oh my God. Um, it was the tests were originally designed for the military, mm. um, but they, anybody can take them. There's no precaution whatsoever, but they are free for military members. The tests. Maybe I have heard of this. Is it like CLEP thing? CLEP, CLEP tests? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's one of them. Wow. There's like six, there's six different, avenues that you can really go down that's one of the major ones um dsst is pretty big too okay 
Yeah, I, did, I guess I didn't realize that you could do that for the majority of a degree. I was thinking that's just like very specific general ed classes. The the CLEPs are DSSTs get more specific. Then there's other things that have more specificity too. So it's that's why I coach people is because I help you organize all of your possibilities and put it like you need 120 credit hours. I can get you out of anywhere from 90 to 100 of them. So how do we organize this and make sure that we can get the most efficient process for you? Wow. I wish I knew about this like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, the student debt crisis is almost $2 trillion now. It is a huge problem. $2 trillion. I just, my, my buddy in LA, he told me that he has, uh, he just graduated. He has 250000 in student loans that he owes um, and his degree is in acting. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, um, I mean, it's it, good for him for going after yeah. what he wants, but 250K is a lot of money to try try around you a little bit. It's a nauseating number. It's a nauseating amount of debt to have looming over you, especially if you don't have a job mm-hmm. that makes it easy to pay that off. Yeah. Like when I feel bad if I have like a few grand of credit card debt, let alone yeah. tens of thousands. <laughs> like, Whew. You think the economy is going to collapse soon? I feel like we're kind of at that point where the 2008 crash is going to happen soon. I definitely feel like we're approaching that. Um, and half of me is like, well, maybe the housing market will crash and I can get a house at some point because that's like my only hope at this point. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> in, yeah, it's everything right now. Everything feels really hard as a millennial and like Gen Zer. Is it is it being in our 20s? Because that's the thing that I've always wondered. Is it like just being in your 20s just kind of sucks a little bit because you're like establishing yourself and figuring yourself out and like trying to get situated because everybody in their 20s that I know is going through the same shit. Like it's just it, – but I, I don't know. I see – I think people in their 30s and 40s might be too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think 20s is a lot, especially for our generation, because I think we have a lot more freedom to play around with discovering who we are and what we want out of life than our previous generations that raised us. There's a, there's a lot more cultural expectations on them. But mm. um, so, yeah, I think the 20s right now, like it is a lot of just fucking fucking up. It's a lot of fucking up and process of elimination and figuring things out. I will say a lot of people in my 30s, like that I know in their 30s. Uh, they seem a lot more confident and maybe they have more peace navigating life. So yeah, I don't know. But I also feel like the economy is affecting all generations at this point. It's hitting everyone. The social media thing, I think also has been affecting things a lot. Like the fact that everybody's buried here, that like, we're just draining ourselves in our phones. So we become like bouncing boards of everybody's opinions. Like, I feel like a lot of times I have all of these opinions on the phone and I have no idea how to navigate them because they're so contradictory to each other and you don't even know what the reality is at any point. You're like, fuck. Like Social media is such a beast and I feel like I mostly use it to keep up to date and like just feel like I'm somehow participating in the lives of my friends that are in other countries and other states because I have a lot of friends kind of all over. So I love it for that aspect and I will post a lot just to, it's like the same thing. Like it's feeling connected because I live alone. So when I post like little mm-hmm. parts of my day and I can see other people and what they're getting into, I feel like I'm somehow still participating in their lives, even if we're not actively 
together or hanging out or talking. Mm-hmm. So I love it for that. But I think social media, it, it is such a beast. And if you don't use it the right way, it can be such a like it's so draining and it can be such a cloud. Chaotic. It is chaotic. It's so much information at our fingertips and so much stimulation at all times. So I think for me right now, my biggest hurdle that I still have to work harder on um, overcoming is just like my usage. I need to put my phone Mm -hmm. down and leave it in a different room (laughs) or something. I also, I also feel like it creates like too high of expectations for myself. Mm. Like in, finances in dating in being fit like instead of being happy like oh i went to the gym for an hour today and i did this really good workout i'm like oh shit i didn't lose as much weight as i wanted to mm-hmm. because this person's got six pack abs and i'm i only have a two pack uh, like it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's and i don't know it's a it's a lot it's very interesting i'm trying to like get rid of it but yeah <laughs> it is it's so hard i don't think i'll ever be able to be fully social media free but it is it's a mm-hmm. lot to navigate oh yeah no it's it's definitely a, a process and like the other thing too i i've noticed with like trying to get recognition because that's so that's what i've been doing with the, the movie i've been making is i've been building it one minute at a time on social media to mm-hmm. like garner attention and get people interested in it but i mean it kind of showcases more that you really have a half a second to hook somebody. Like yeah. if you're not hooked, it's it's over. You're next thing, next, next, next. And so it, it creates this like attention span dif- difficulty. I mean, I, I'm ADHD. I'm all over the place. But the the like society is always constantly going through. If you actually look at the retention rate of your videos mm-hmm. when you post them, a lot of times it's less than a second. Wow. It's like it's like if you don't fade in on a video i found that out the hard way really (laughs) start right away oh you can't because people because you think about it like even when i scroll it's not even am i interested i just kind of go like this a lot of times and then like if something really sings i stop and that's like it's it's really subtle but it's the reality of it that's so interesting i have a lot of friends that are teachers and it's interesting to hear how like this TikTok generation and like reels generation, it's like affecting their ability to hold their attention in a classroom or even like use critical thinking because it's just constant stimulation. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you were saying, the attention span, I feel like it's just getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> so- mm-hmm. And well, when I was a teacher too, I noticed like these kids, they're so- I was teaching middle school. And the kids talk and act like how I did when I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Like they're because they have 20, 30 year olds, 40 year olds telling them these things about life that aren't always necessarily true. Mm-hmm. But like if you're 13 and you get your heart broken and you listen to some douchebag who's gotten his heart broken a million times is now a billionaire and sleeps with every woman in the world. Like now you're taking your advice from that guy and treating young 13 year old girls like that because you're 13 like it's just it was really weird to see that's kind of scary well like i don't know if you noticed this too but like the the transition from being a kid to being an adult is like that yes it's so fast and like 
it your parents tell you your whole life growing up like oh yeah time flies Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh shit they weren't joking like i still feel 16 in almost every way possible just with way more responsibility (laughs) (laughs) i definitely feel that i don't know if this is me becoming older and like moving into this space that i said i would never become um or if it is like an accurate assessment but i feel like the younger generation they are growing up at a much faster rate but i don't know if that is just my bias because i'm getting older now yeah but it like that it's that transition though because it's like you you don't even realize you transition to the next point of life and life has already happened and you're like Mm -hmm. oh because then you look finally at the 13 year olds and you're like oh i was just 13 what felt like a day and a half ago like yeah it's and just the standards as a society go up i don't know it's fascinating how just fast 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 yeah i feel halfway torn because part of me is really excited about being an old woman like i just i was at a (laughs) coffee shop yesterday and there are these two old guys that looked like they had so much wisdom one of them looked like he was a professor of philosophy. One of them looked like he was a professor of ar- archaeology. He had like the Indiana Jones hat and, and the suspenders. Elbow, the elbow pads. The elbow pads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Um, the other one had like gold rim glasses and just like this perfectly groomed beard. And they like they even the way that they sat in their chairs with just like so much confidence, but also like, I don't know, like they owned life. In like a, the people who watch a comedy and go, hmm, that was very funny, instead of la- like laughing at it. like they- <laughs> <laughs> A little bit like that, yeah. But I just, I looked at them and part of me was like, I want to have a conversation with them. I want to go join their table and hear all about their life experiences. And then the other part of me was like, I can't wait to be that. Not like an old man, I'll be an old woman, but <laughs> you know, just like. Sophisticated and have your shit together sophisticated have my shit together have a full life of stories and just Mm. like wisdom that i can unsolicitedly impart on the youth (laughs) so is that (laughs) is that your big goal as an individual like wisdom is that what you're i've noticed everybody kind of in life everybody has a scale of like what considers success to them so whether that be like Mm. fame being successful if i have a million followers if i have a million dollars in the bank so they strive for money or wisdom is one of them or how many relationships you have is wisdom your big one I don't I don't know if it is I feel like I am very drawn to the really wise characters in shows like Uncle Iroh in oh, Avatar yeah. is oh, like yeah. my idol oh, right yeah. so part of me does aspire to be him and I guess he is very wise but I think it's more like peace and joy are what I always aspire to have and be. And I think mm. as an older person, I, I want to just like maintain those and accumulate it. Um, I think wisdom is definitely a part of what I, what I'm aspiring for, but mm. I think it's mostly just like joy, peace, um, gratitude, love, love. gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude is a huge part of it. Cause yeah. gratitude is the, the, like I, I, I heard this. It's you're not pursuing happiness you pursue gratitude and the more you build in gratitude, the happier you become. I love that. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, anytime, cause I, I would try to do this a lot too, is that manifestation mindset. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to manifest the things I want. And when you do that, you just, you feel insane. Like you, like a genuinely like things don't plan out that way right away. So it's, mm-hmm. but when I feel gratitude over what I already have, there's like this ease with life that it's like I'm in the right place. I'm not 
not where I want to be, if that yeah. makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's like, okay, so you said manifestation. Mm. Have you gotten into the law of attraction and all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like when they talk about being in an alignment and like, I don't know, getting on that frequency, I feel like that is gratitude, right? Or like, well, I it's, I noticed this, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be gratitude. It's this idea of like, I am this, this is who I am. Like Kanye West has one of the worst rhyme schemes of any artist in the world. Like he, he rhymes the word reputation instead of reputation with itself four times in songs, but he's also one of the greatest music producers of all time. And he's super successful because of the way he thinks. He genuinely believes I'm the greatest of all time. Is he? That's up for debate. But he's in his yeah. position now because of that mindset. Like it's it's the there's aspects to it that are definitely true. But I, I think like I've really been trying to redefine the term of manifest because when you hear law of attraction online, it's like if I just close my eyes and have a vision board of the things I want, I'll get them. And it's mm -hmm. like, there's aspects of that that are true, but if you're really trying and wanting something that you don't have, you feel the absence of it and the absence of it makes it stay absent. Okay. So I guess it boils down to just belief in general. Always. I also think vulnerability is a big thing too. Like being like, I, I think especially when I first discovered law of attraction, my mindset was like, I have to be happy at all times. Nothing can ever go wrong because if it goes wrong, that means I'm going to slip down into the dark pits and then you always end up slipping down into the dark pits just in your own head because you're doing that. And yeah. it's like, it, it's this weird up and down cycle. So like, um, sorry, I'm so ADHD. I think vulnerability is huge. That's and when it, I yeah. first, yeah, when I first came into like the spiritual community and love attraction and all this, I was definitely on that side of the pendulum where it was all this toxic positivity and I was ignoring all the bad things and I'm like well no I can't put any thought into this whatsoever because then I'm going to manifest more bad things so it's just this like it's like the term spiritual bypassing I was spiritually bypassing all of these heavy things and they don't go anywhere they're just accumulating in people. your body and yeah exactly yeah or it just like stockpiles and then you have a giant explosion mm -hmm. um so I think vulnerability is huge. And I think one of my favorite things to tell myself is like honesty sets you free. Transparency mm -hmm. is key. Um, so I've tried to be very like vulnerable and transparent and honest with all things like the ugly and the good, like whatever shit the life, like the universe throws at me. Um, and that it's like, it is very freeing to like, just acknowledge life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and it's mm. gonna have shit storms and you, you're gonna have like everyone has shit storms and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to like not be presenting this sunny person at all times mm -hmm. so i was curious about this too because i as a male like from the male perspective a lot of the vulnerability like men don't want to be vulnerable because they're scared mm -hmm. of seeming weak and especially with women because there's times where you'll be vulnerable with the wrong woman and she'll be mm -hmm. very disrespectful towards you. And so yeah. I don't know if that's the case with females though, because you guys are also in that pecking order with each other constantly. I, I don't know how much this exists into your twenties, but where you're like kind of competing, but passive aggressively almost like, Oh, I'm mm -hmm. better because of uh, in your head. 
but is that yeah. do you feel like you can't be vulnerable in the per, the female perspective because of that you have to like pretend and mask it um i think at one point in my life i felt that way maybe in my late teens um i did look at everything like a competition and um i don't know i think everyone's just an unfortunate byproduct of previous social norms that are kind of trickling down even like gender roles nuclear family mm-hmm. um like everyone's a victim of it but I think now I don't feel that way at all. Like, and I, I attribute that to two things. I think the first thing is just having, um, a really incredible circle community, like finding my people and, um, being intentional with who I'm inviting into my life and spending time with. And I think the other one is moving from a place of insecurity to security and self-love and self-worth. Cause I think the more I love myself, the more, I'm able to love other people like wholly and um, it's not coming from a place of insecurity. So I'm not comparing my achievements and the way I look and all these other things to what other people are doing with their life. I'm able to love them for who they are and be excited for what they're doing because I love who I am and I'm excited mm-hmm. about what I'm doing. And it's yeah. not a comparison game. No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be. But that's, that's what this does. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, bringing it back to social media. Always That's knows. true. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. But vulnerability is what I've been focusing on now is just trying to mm. not throw everything up on people. Just like ease <laughs> ease it out of me. <laughs> but I <laughs> I've noticed too like when I am vulnerable, the fear of it is like ridiculous. Like it's like, "Oh mm-hmm. shit, I could ruin everything." But it's this all or nothing thing in my head that I'm trying to I'm working on. <laughs> I do think it is harder for men because of like the cultural conditioning that we grew up with. Like the, I think it was a lot less intense than our parents' generation, but still, we still had that dialogue growing up where like boys don't cry and, you know, men have to be the strong ones. Men can't be as vulnerable as girls. And um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like that's something that you still have to unlearn or how do you feel about all yeah that? i think that's part of it and then you also scroll through social media and there'll be like video clips of like there's these groups where it's like these dudes who do these big podcasts with a bunch of only fans girls and mm. the, it's just like one it gives you a poor view of women because you're like this is how women behave and mm-hmm. it's such a small sector of the entire female populace that behaves like that. But then you have these dudes who are just coming at them and being rude and being negative. And it's just like, like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm a person that likes supporting my friends. I like to, it doesn't matter if male or female. I was actually mm-hmm. talking to one of my friends earlier about this today is like, there's this, I feel like a lot of times with the male female dynamic, you can't just be friends and just talk to each other that like it seems like these dudes will text girls i'll read the messages like i have this i want to fuck you but i'm not going to say i want to fuck you but it'll be like hey you're coming over to my place and there she's like no i we can hang out somewhere else and he's like no well i would rather you come over to mine and like and it's just like i don't know makes me uncomfortable and then women don't respond because they've had all this trauma experience Mm -hmm. where these negative experiences with men so men become isolated and feel like there's something wrong with them because they're texting wrong or something like that so it's it's this like weird cycle of doing this and i was talking to my friend i was like why can't we just like 
I don't know, enjoy people's company and text each other and just be friends and romance just kind of happens. The best relationships of my life have always been, have been like great friends for a long period of time. And then something mm-hmm. started come from there. One of the things that my ex bought into and like, I don't know, had me believing for a second was that you can't be friends with the gender that you're attracted to. So like, if you're straight guys and girls just can't be friends, there's always going to be some kind of like sexual tension or pressure. That's a line from Harry Met Sally. Is it really? He stole that from a movie. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that. I know it's a classic. It's so good. It's so good. I love that movie so much. Sorry, continue. Uh, You're saying your ex uh, men and women can't be friends. Yeah, like you can't be friends with the opposite sex or whatever sex you're attracted to, gender. Um, and I, I, what, what are your thoughts on that as a man? Because I could not disagree more. So there, there's aspects to it. So I think the having the friendship is beneficial because one, you're going to learn with the person as to what mm-hmm. you do want. And being friends with a female doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have sex. However, at the same time, if I'm dating somebody in a serious relationship, I'm not going to be hanging out with a bunch of females outside of her because I am building the possibility of that. Like, like there, because of our nature, because we're genetically like inclined to sleep with each other, like being around them is going to breed that like it's just it's naturally going to occur and if you're with somebody you're breaking the trust of the person you're with if you're if you're into monogamy if you're not then do whatever you want obviously but like yes there is the possibility but there's also the possibility that you're hanging out and you just don't vibe at all in that way and you just really enjoy being friends like there's Mm -hmm. and those female relationships sometimes are the best ones because they'll be my wingman and they'll go up to ladies at the bar and send them over. Like it's just, you, and you want that because then you also know too, because the, the conversations between men and women, we're very different creatures. Learning from females what females want is the only way I've ever been able to get it because men will tell me like, just be super rich, be successful, be this. And it's like from these 50 year old men who have kids with multiple women and are single. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to take their advice. Like, that's not my goal. I would rather listen to females talk about what they actually enjoy themselves. And so learn for myself. But it's thinking about, I think, taking the result aspect out of it. Like, I need to have sex because I think the male mindset is if I have a low body count, I have no worth. I think that's kind of like the deep seated thing. And for the female, it's the opposite. If I have a high body count, I'm a slut. And so it's that, I mean, they're opposites. So so if we can come as a mutual, we can just learn from each other. Um, and that's, yeah. people are too afraid to do that a lot of times because of shitty people from their past. There is a lot of broken trust out there uh, and trauma responses, but I, yeah, I really value my male friendships in my life. And I do, you, you did make a point that like the, it it does kind of depend on, you know, your relationship and like what boundaries you have with your partner. Um, I really value my, my male friendships. And I feel like I do learn so much from just having, cause we are like, we're wired very differently Mm -hmm. as 
different sexes and the way that we think is just so vastly different. And um, I think it's just really important to have different, very different perspectives in your life to just kind of share and add on to yours. So yeah, I love it. Because we're I all one at, the, at our core. We're all one thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is. We all have the same core soul and different experiences because of the physical nature of our bodies. So how do people treat us is based off of what they see, not anything they know about us. So I don't know. I guess we're getting, we're getting deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I can, uh, reel us in a little bit going back way to the beginning of the episode. You said that you were mm. trying to kind of narrow and condense your areas of interest and what you're working on. So do you have something that is taking most of your right now? I'm looking for money, obviously a job, uh, just trying to have stable Mm -hmm. income. But I think the big thing is, is I want to be making my full-time income from acting and writing in film. Um, I, I think a lot of what I'm doing right now is like, I have five feature scripts that I can sell at any point and I'm just trying to meet the right people and get the scripts to the point where they're good enough to meet the right guy or the right producer or whoever um, that can get things mm-hmm. properly financed. Um, but like my goal is to make my life, my work life filmmaking, whatever that be, and make that financially support everything I need and not have to. It, the the big problem with it is the lack of consistency. So I'm trying to find the consistency. Like if I can get as an actor, a television gig where I'm on a television show like Parks and Rec for seven seasons and can make money from that while building my career, building my notability at the same time. Um, it allow I want to be able to do that instead of having to work a side job in order to fund that. So that's my main goal. So do you enjoy acting more than writing? Yes, because you're with people. I, I've As I've gotten older, I've realized that too. Is At first I was like, you know what? I can do it better. And then you start realizing it's like, oh, well, I, I can't. So now I'm just going to do it because I've, I have nothing else to do. And then you go and now it's like, oh, I'm lonely. Like it, the whole point of art and creativity a lot of times is that connecting with other people aspect um, because we do make art for people. Um, Mm -hmm. we can make it for ourselves. And when we make it for ourselves, genuinely, we create it for other people. But, um, I I heard Da Vinci's last words recently and they're depressing. They're like, it was, he, I forget the exact wording of it, but his the basic gist of it is that his work was never of the quality to be worthy of God's love. Like, Oh my God. And that's Da Vinci saying that. And I don't want that mindset when I die. Like I would like to have a happiness with my art that this was fun. Like we made films and just I'm, I'm big into comedy and I just, I love laughing and Mm -hmm. being silly and and that stuff. So I'm actually doing a play right now called the 39 steps um, where I play 50 characters in it, including multiple women and little kids. And yeah, it's all over the place. Um, It's an old Alfred Hitchcock film that got readapted uh, with four actors playing hundreds of parts. So I have to just change hats and change costumes really quickly. And But it's it's bringing me back to what I really wanted, which is that youthful playground play mm-hmm. kind of mindset on acting. And it's just doing it for fun and obviously doing the best that I can. But 
that's what I love. I love acting. If I could be on a show like that, like like How I Met Your Mother, playing like a Barney yeah. Stinson kind of role or something, I would that'd be my dream. Oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. How about you? That's a great question. So I feel like I don't know. Maybe this is my self-diagnosed ADHD brain, but. I can't linger on a goal for more than like a year. So I have to take life in year size bites. Um, Mm. So right now I'm focused on school. I'm focused on finishing school. um, And like I might go on to do a master's or PhD um, Mm -hmm. because I've always really loved the idea of being a college professor. So, but I'm not setting that expectation because I can't, because I might change my mind 50 million times before ever finishing a PhD. Um, and I don't, I feel like if I set really hard expectations historically, I, I just kind of feel disappointed or I feel like, um, I guess a failure if I set these hard expectations for myself that I feel like I have to do. So. Cause they're beyond your reach. Yeah. Or not even necessarily beyond my reach, but at some point I might lose interest and I might want to do something else, but I feel like I set this goal, so now I have to accomplish it. Um, so I just get into these weird kind of thought patterns with myself. So mm. I think all I'm chasing at this point is just like feelings, like feeling of peace and joy and contentment. And um, I'm just kind of doing whatever feels good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to do it, dude. That's the best way to go about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just trust your feeling. Trust your gut. I mean, it's it's there for you. Yeah, absolutely. To you. Yeah. Huge on intuition. I think that our bodies are the best navigators. Where do you feel yours? I feel mine in my lower stomach. Same. Yep. Yeah, okay. For sure. It's like it's like a very signaling this is not right. This is right. Like it's whew. Yeah. I so I always thought that people felt it in their stomach, like that gut feeling, but like mm-hmm. recently I've been talking to people that will feel it like on the back of their neck. Or I had a buddy had hands hands that's so yeah, interesting yeah yeah huh i was like wow your hands just signal <laughs> yeah okay i don't know what's your zodiac i'm a gemini gemini okay what are you yeah i'm a libra okay i don't know libra personalities specifically what is that earth fire water air it's air okay that yep there we go yep. Air, every air sign, dude. Air signs, we're all weird in the same way. We just <laughs> we just kind of move about and flow. Yeah, that's that's mine and Ariana's relationship too. She's a Gemini. I don't know. I also noticed this too as I, as I've gotten older. I feel like I only relate to artists. Like mm. it, it's because they're so in tune with their emotions that it allows me to let down my walls a bit. Like not to say that I, cause I get along with people who are business people too, but I don't know if you've ever met somebody who's like main goal in life is being really wealthy. Yes. So they'll, they'll take a job even though their morals are askew because of that job and they'll pursue it and they make great money, but they hate living. Yeah. Like, yeah, they get like, there's one of my friends told me that she wanted to die at 37 and she's oh like God. really successful. She's she's like a well established person. But I was like, okay, dude, like, good luck. <laughs> you deserve better than that, dude. Like, I yeah, I, yeah. But I don't know. Talking to artists, it's they're open. They are absolutely. I feel like they trend more philosophical and 
they see this is really interesting to me because I was I just had an out-of-town friend stay with me and he was saying how he just doesn't like really have thoughts like if he's zoned out he's not thinking about something he's it's just like there's nothing and I thought that was so fascinating because I have a million thoughts at all times and I have an inner monologue and he was saying he doesn't have an inner monologue like he doesn't talk to himself so is he a non-artist he is a non-artist okay so I wonder if that has more to do with it because he was chalking it up to a guy thing and I'm like I don't think that's an accurate assessment (laughs) I know I know dudes who overthink and think about everything and Mm -hmm. all of that so I wonder if it's like that whole like left brain, right brain thing, like this kind of creative minded person and possibly I, I think the thing is, is like the artists that I've met growing up is that the, the more you get into whatever art you're in, the more you realize the more vulnerable you become, the better your art. So I think mm. the the more you let down walls in conversations, the more you communicate what you're feeling to people the the closer you end up getting because all of all of my closest friends it started like that it was like the second we started talking we were just in the depth not necessarily the depths of trauma but like right we're very open about this is in our lives this is what's going on i don't feel like i have to hide anything about this um I, I heard this, it's, I don't know if it's Japanese. I think it's a Japanese philosophy thing. Every person has three personalities. There's the person that you show everybody. So mm-hmm. your outside face. There's the second person that you show your close friends, but not the depths. And then the third mm-hmm. person is who you are behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And, and so that differentiation, a lot of times I think with the people who are just in the world for money, they're very much in that first persona all the time because their only meaning of life is to prove to themselves ultimately Mm -hmm. that they can do the things that other people told them they couldn't do. And so artists are willing to break down and a lot of them are willing to show that third persona, the per like Bo Burnham in the inside, he showed his deep down dark personality. It's scary, but it's, it's also an amazing art piece because of it. It's not like, I don't know. It's, it's art's very interesting in that way, but that's also like, I think I've been trying to avoid going into the, the more serious realm because I've made multiple really serious films like that and it weighs on you. Mm-hmm. So trying to get into the comedy to enjoy life more and just be silly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All things in good balance is like my favorite motto to follow. So I love getting serious. I love getting like deep and in my emotions, but I also have to keep it playful. How's your English accent? My English accent. Um, you want to do an English accent for the rest of the podcast? Wow. <laughs> we, can, we could give it a shot. We could try Let's different ones. Sure. You can go East London if you want. Make it a lot thicker. This is where it gets quite challenging for me because I don't know if I can do any other dialect than the Queen's English. Queen's English, receded pronunciation. So East London is is thicker, and instead of a th sound, they make an f sound. So it's like and like it's it's more drawn out. Have you ever seen Kingsman? I have. Like the Cockney so it's like that. Right? Yeah, it, okay. it's so it's modern Cockney. I don't think Cockney exists in the same way it used to. So it's like it's thick, but it's also I don't know different than it used to be. 
It's not like the feet are Cockney. It's more like the modern London Cockney. Okay. Well, <laughs> you did it quite explain. well. <laughs> well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be from proper London and you can just be East. Proper London. All right. I'll be, I'll be daft. <laughs> Should we pull a card? We shall. Okay. So to you, the listener, if you have listened to previous episodes, then you know what this is. Um, even though it's a more recent thing, but I have these two decks of cards and I'm pulling from the meaning of life. Well, pull a card. We'll, we'll go three. I'm a big proponent of freeze. Three cards? Three cards. All right. We'll do two from this deck, one from the meaning of life. How about there that? we are. What are you proud of? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What am I proud of? I think mostly in I've for so much of my life I've been trying to be proud of accomplishments as opposed to being proud of like what I've actually built. And so I guess the differentiation between that should be distinct but like the more relationships I've had the better my life has been. And mm. I don't mean like romantic, I just mean relationships in general. I have great friends in London and London, I have great friends in LA, I have great friends in New York. Colorado here everywhere so it's just being proud of every aspect that I've gone through and knowing that I'm in the place I ought to be and I'm moving in the direction I want to be mm. and so I'm just going to keep consistently moving in that direction so I guess I'm trying to be proud of and am proud of what I've done already and just as a whole just the fact that I've been doing it how about you what are you proud of? Um, a layered question because there's too many things. I know. I guess it all circles back to having a lot of gratitude for everything. Always. Um, yeah. I think what I'm most proud of currently, I've seen a lot of resiliency in my life in the last year and a half because I got out of a really toxic relationship and I have come into the most loving, confident version of myself that I've ever known and I'm really proud mm. of that I'm really proud of the growth that has transpired in the last year and a half the growth is the big the growth thing. yeah the I'm growth. proud of the growth sorry I lost my accent there Very no, proud yeah the no growth. now it's back so that's the thing is we're not born with it so we can't keep it it's quite <laughs> we hard. just gotta go into it once once we do it for an hour it's, it's stuck yeah all right yeah. I think it's much easier when I'm like on the pint as they say on the pint <laughs> Taking a piss, right. yeah. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Next one. How do you find your inspiration? I, so there's two answers to this. How mm. did I find my inspiration for a long time and how do I find it now? Okay. How I did for a long time was from this mindset of the standard of society. Like if I, if society wants these certain things in a script, I'm going to write those things to impress society. But now I'm kind of at a point where it's like, I just want to have fun. Mm. I just, I want to run and play. I want to, it's a giant sandbox that I want to run and play in. Mm -hmm. So I, I think naturally my inspiration just comes out. And for so long I would resist it because I'm like, I can get in trouble for this. This could be too edgy and it could push boundaries in too much of a way. But now it's like, fuck it. Like, why not it's fun like yeah. it, obviously don't be cruel to people but like right just 
just make art because it's fucking fun and be silly and laugh and make other people laugh. Just have a good time. So I love that. Um, are you familiar with Alan Watts? I am familiar with Alan Watts. I love mm. Alan Watts. Yeah, I, I thought you might because what you're describing, I feel like, is a lot of what he kind of preaches. It's just, it's it's all play. Go play in the it sandbox. Is yeah. yeah, it is play. And I I think in general, every I've studied a lot of philosophy. Mm-hmm. The, the most miserable philosophers are always the ones who take it way too fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. Like Nietzsche. Like, why the fuck would you want to lock yourself in a mountain and <laughs> hate the world and blame everybody for everything? Be- yeah. It's it's something I did for a while and it's, it, it's weighs on you tremendously. It's not fun, but just running and playing, like, look at little kids, look how much fun they have all the fucking time because there's no obligations for them. There's no problems for them. They just go and they have a great time. And so that's my goal. My desire is to have that inspiration, that childlike, like have the knowledge I have from everything I experienced and use the principles I've learned, but with, a childlike wonderment that's fun and expressive and silly and I love that. I think that is definitely a really powerful key to a joyful life. It's a process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not completely easy, but you get there. Mm-hmm. Drop my accent again. <clears throat> What's yours? Oh, oh. Your inspiration. My inspiration. I feel like a lot of my inspiration comes to me when I am in my stillest most quiet moments so um a lot of that is when i'm traveling alone and i'm Mm. a lot more i guess observant of my surroundings when i'm with a person i'm very dialed in on them but when i'm traveling by myself or just like even going for a walk um around my neighborhood alone i feel really inspired by what i'm seeing and just the thoughts that are coming to me in those really quiet still moments so Mm. that's where all my inspiration comes from stillness i Mm. think personal so you you like personal relation do you use artist therapy i do yeah Mm. it's very meditative um especially painting because it's just such a slow intentional process and Um, personal very Very personal personal. yes yeah yeah i love it lovely i love that ready for the meaning of life oh fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) All right. Interesting. Hmm. What what enjoyable things about life on this planet would you tell a visiting alien? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um that you can do anything you want to despite other people's opinions. That other people might not like what you're doing, might judge you for what you're doing or anything like that, but there's no limitations as to what you actually want to accomplish. And you can literally do anything you want to do so long as you're willing and able to take the steps you need to, to become the person you ought to be in order to achieve the things that you want. Well said. Thank I you. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I've really it's something I've really come to realize uh, like I've had quite literally the same goal for quite a long time but um I guess this is quite deep but that's what we're doing. Um I I realized at one point that heaven and hell from the Christian stance aren't 
where you end up. You don't die and go to heaven. You don't die and go to hell. You live in a heavenly life or in a hellish life based off the way mm. you think. And something that I thought was really interesting is I had a, one of my roommates was Jewish and not like a little Jewish, like very Jewish. He had the mm -hmm. beard down to the knees, the shawl, and he was 24 years old kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I asked him about the Jewish version of hell. And he said, hell in Judaism is where God puts you to remove your stains. And it just sang to me. I was like, oh shit. I have too many stains. <laughs> I need to get cleaned. And it, it's, it's interesting because life gradually becomes easier mm -hmm. because you learn these new beliefs or it can become harder. If you're being like, everybody's against me. Everybody hates me. Mm -hmm. Like doing that whole thing. But like, I don't know. It's, I think really being willing and open to learn what aspects I'm limiting myself with because ego or because whatever from traumatic experiences from the past that I think that there's something wrong with me or like, I don't know that I just can't be my, can't be myself. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm rambling. <laughs> That's okay. I it's, do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's heavy. It, it, I mean, it's heavy in a good way, but it's yeah. If if be anything you want to be, you can come to Earth. Mm. You can have fun. You can go ride roller coasters. You can go travel. You can go make money. You can go get into a relationship. You can do anything you want to, but just understand that whatever you're attracting into your life is exactly who you are. So mm. figure out a way to change aspects of yourself if they're not serving you in a way that's going to benefit you. And I'm assuming because law of attraction is universal, it'd probably work the same for them on their alien planet as well. So that's a good point. Yeah, I bet they'd be very familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this it's the thing that shocked me is it's the same in Indian culture, Chinese mm -hmm. culture, American culture. It's it's the same concepts. We're all talking about living in the present, being grateful, and loving people. That's what it comes down to, always. Always. Yeah, that's a good point. We just all find different ways of vocalizing it or kind of walk into narratives that feel like a better fit for us. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is all the same thing. It is all the same thing. But we, we get hung up on the differences as opposed to why we're so similar. Because we are similar. We're like, mm -hmm. it, it's one of the things that really got me is like we were saying before, men and women are really different. But something that I've noticed about both men and women is the complaints they have about the other are exactly the same as each other. What men hate about women is what women hate about men. Exactly the same. It, it's it's so the, – the phrase, they're just a narcissist, is so thrown around mm. all the time. And the reality is everybody's just selfish. So <laughs> we just put that label on people because we don't want to take the responsibility on ourselves that maybe we attracted that shitty person for a reason. Maybe we're too weak and we let people take advantage of us or with, with, we have a negative view of ourselves and act egotistical because of it. We're all just mirrors. <laughs> mirrors for each other. Oh, yes. And just loving yourself. It's Love yourself. It's a big, big one. Fuck. Yeah. I think that's my biggest thing right now. Like self-love is just the best foundation. You don't love yourself fully? Working on it? I do like broadly speaking, love myself and it's been a game changer for how Good. life has been. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. And that's the biggest, biggest reward you can have. Cause at least yeah. you're on your own team. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to spend more time with myself than anyone else in the world. So 100%. better love yourself. <laughs> you got to. You're the only person you spend all your time with. Mm-hmm. How's your relationship to self? Uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, it's better than it was four years ago. And I think like if I was to put myself in my mind when I was in like my late teens, versus now i'm like oh my god i've figured out so much and i'm so much better off than i was then Mm -hmm. it's just i think it's a little outer spacey i don't know how else to say it than that like i don't want to be floating through space i want to be i'm going with purpose and i'm driving myself with purpose but it always feels self-driven as opposed to i feel like how i would like to be more of is like filling myself with love and then allowing life to blossom naturally as opposed to forcing myself into a room or trying to get this thing that I want. Um, yeah. Cause it feels hindering. Well said. Oh shit. I feel like I just talk deep all the time. I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy those conversations a lot more. Like, I don't know. Like for me, I just, uh, I could just sit on my porch, which is why this podcast is a thing. I just sit on my porch and talk deep all day. <laughs> All day, every day. All right. So this is a good fit. Glad you reached out and I'm glad you found your way here. Yeah. No, it was fun. I definitely enjoyed this. I will send us to the wrap up. So here's my little transition. Right here. So Mason, how I wrap up Mm. every week is I just ask my guests, what is your simple joy today? My simple joy today? That I live in a place where... It's not that hard. It's America has it quite nice. And it's, we have, I can literally drive down to the store and get any kind of food I want. Sugary, I can get healthy, I can get anything. So we have it quite easy. There's a lot of people starving to death. Mm -hmm. So the basic necessities of life are taken care of. So that's a really nice feeling. That is something that I need to remember more often. It's so easy to be critical of America, (laughs) like politically and just everything happening. I feel like I've been very critical and I think I need to move back into a place of gratitude for the privileges I do have here. I can still challenge it. I can still want to grow, but got to remember that I do have it good. We have a lot. I mean, I did missions work in Nicaragua and Mm. uh, it's the second poorest country in the Western hemisphere. But the the happiest people I've ever seen in my life at the same time, like they're starving to death, but they're super happy because they can take a bowl of plastic bags, just like grocery bags, put them together with rubber bands and use it as a soccer ball. And that's super fun to them. Like it's just they they find what they have and they make fun out of it. And they're not trying to get something. They're not trying to be in this other place that they're not mm. in. They're just there enjoying themselves. And the more I can get myself into that mindset, the better. Yeah. Just a life full of simple joys. I love that. <laughs> yes. As many as possible. Yeah. As many as possible. That's what I, I love. Yeah. That's why I, I, this is my question to end all podcasts. I love simple joys. And I think that's where you're going to find the bulk of, lasting joy in your life throughout your life is mm. just calling out the simple joys appreciating them being aware mm-hmm. of them focusing on them it's just it's always going to be the little what, things. What, what's yours to, oh what's yours for, for today? today i feel like every day it's coffee <laughs> so i'm not that's not going to be my answer because <laughs> it's also been like 
the last two of my guests, Simple Joy, but um, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say this is very specific, but Lord of the Rings ambient music. <laughs> it has been, it has been such a good background. It's been getting me through this work week so far. It's like the perfect background noise and I feel so peaceful in my little home. So that's it. It's Lord of the Rings ambient music today. That's epic. That's super epic. Put it on full blast. <laughs> yeah. Blast the roof. Yeah, blast. yeah. I just need the big <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> and then it hits the mortar music, so it's like da 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 And yeah. then the whole house shakes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so. Oh my god. I need to rewatch those. I need to watch the extended editions. Christmas is coming. Uh, yeah, it is upon us. It's like the Harry Potter season. It as is. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch. A lot of movies. Every year, every <laughs> yeah. Christmas season, it's the Harry Potter movies, the Lord of the Rings movies. And then this year, I actually just watched all the Narnia movies for the first time in forever. How many I are there? I thought there was only three. three. Yeah. But I just haven't seen them since I was a kid. And they're so fun. Are they all? Because I remember the first one was really good. I don't remember the second two very much. The second two didn't quite... I think it progressively gets worse. Um Okay. But I think it's just like that childhood nostalgia and that feeling of magic that it brings me back to. So I'm also very mm-hmm. easily entertained. I couldn't tell you a good movie from a bad movie. <laughs> That's a blessing. Mm. Let me tell you, film school teaches you the difference and you don't want to see it because <laughs> then you can't unsee it. This is one of those things where I think I would rather live in blissful ignorance. <laughs> if I can make any advice to anybody who wants to be a filmmaker, don't do it. If you get into it, you're going to be addicted mm. and it's... It's a, it's a fascinating thing but it's once you see all this stuff you can't unsee it and you'll never be oh that's not true i'm getting more into shitty hallmark movies now. really <laughs> yeah because i i think i'm trying to have more fun mm-hmm. and like if i can just because i'm going to laugh at them yeah. like they're not good but it's just it's laugh laugh at them but yeah they um yeah it's just entertainment. That's fair. For entertainment's sake. It's just like, yeah. I love little cozy feel-good movies. So I'm not a huge Hallmark mm-hmm. person, but I'll, once in a while I get in the mood and it's just perfect, especially for a cold, cozy winter night. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's like a, a, a shitty horror movie in October. Exactly. Yeah, I love all horror movies. Shitty ones definitely have their place. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mason. Before all I right. let you go... What would you like to plug today? What would I like to plug? Oh my god. Um, I would like to plug, I guess, my coaching services mm-hmm. for anybody out there looking to uh, graduate with a bachelor's degree, get a little bit of extra money saved. If you want to reach out to me, um, shoot me an email. My email is masonaxmit at yahoo.com and I'll spell that all out. It's M-A-S-O-N-A-K-S-A-M- it at yahoo.com just shoot me a message i gladly help you and give you a consultation as to what i can do with you and help you get your bachelor's degree without going into student debt um if you can i can ideally get it under fifteen thousand for you i could amazing we need more of that and i'll put your information in the description to this video as well or video podcast awesome yeah all right great um and to the listener you know where to find me spotify or apple podcast every tuesday so thank you mason thanks for joining the show this was such a great episode i had so much fun talking to you this was fun yeah
This was very fun. And I lost my accent. Oh, Vida's in, everybody. <laughs> yeah. a, a while ago. <laughs> I, I kept mine. and But I'm not doing the East London no more, so. Yeah, it's 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 really hard for me to maintain an accent, but you are more professionally trained than I am. So I apologize, everyone, for the shitty English accent. <laughs> it's what you can do with what you have. That's a good point. All right, then. Thank you very much, Mason. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I will catch you next week. Until then, PCP out. (laughs) Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. Tschüss. (laughs)